$27 million. That's how much 10-year-old Ryan Kaji made last year on YouTube. He's one of two kids under 10 on the Forbes list of highest paid YouTubers. Today, we're gonna to be peeling back the curtain on the wildly lucrative world of YouTube kids. How many kids you got? You got kids? I got kids. You got kids? I don't got kids. You guys know Samir has kids? Whether you make kids content or not, this applies to us and all creators, because whenever you upload, you have to check off that box. Is this video made for kids or not? And we always choose that our videos are not made for kids. I didn't really think about it. I was just like, yeah, we don't make videos for kids. But they're not not made for kids. Right. You know? Yeah. And a lot of kids watch YouTube. So by checking that box, are we keeping ourselves from millions of views? Or potentially billions. I mean, Ryan's Toys has a video with over two billion views. It just says 2B. They don't I, even have room for the rest of the numbers. In total, his channel has 50 billion views. And in comparison, our channel right now has 153 million. Should we be checking that box or not? Until making this video, I never thought about that. We'll get into that later. First, let's talk about Ryan's World. So when we say Ryan's World, that's the main channel. Mm -hmm. But there's actually 10 different channels, and he makes his money in a variety of ways. He does brand partnerships. He has a licensing deal with toys that can be bought at Walmart, merchandise. He is on traditional TV networks like Nickelodeon. He is, he's everywhere. Where did Ryan even come from? So he grew up in Houston, Texas. Okay. At three and a half years old, he uploads his first YouTube video, or his parents do. He uploads it, or his, his parents, parents his take parents a video upload. of him Got it. Uh, opening toys. And that's his first video they realize it's fun and I think they, they keep it up. They allot a $20 production budget to buy toys each week. They keep uploading and they experience very quick growth. Their first payment from YouTube AdSense was $150. Wow. And so they, you know, it was a small amount. They kept their jobs, but they decided to keep going. And his first video to go viral was this egg surprise video, which mm -hmm. is the one we talked about that now has 2 billion views. And his family has started a production company. Parents have quit their job. This is their full-time job now. And he has 30 employees. It's, it's, they have 30 It's employees. much more than their full-time job. I mean, this is generational wealth that yeah, they're creating. Right. Yeah, it's not a job. That's not a it's job. That an is an empire. That is an empire. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we're talking about a $250 million empire. That's what New York Times cited. So let's talk about a few reasons why this number is even possible. The first reason is relatability, which is the same reason that regular YouTube works, right? Mm -hmm. People now follow people. And when you think about it, when we grew up, we would watch adults that would be the hosts of kids shows mm -hmm. like Blue's Clues, or we would watch animated shows, but we didn't necessarily know the kids that were ever in the shows. Like you don't know their name. They're not celebrities. You can't follow them. Right. It was much more of a like teacher relationship, like Mr. Rogers or Steve from Blue's Clues. Like you were watching them engage with the kids or teach them lessons. Now what we're seeing with kids is that they want to watch other kids just do normal kid things, play, open up toys. It's human nature to want to observe other people. And I feel like this is the first time that children have had the ability to watch other children, everyday children in media. I wonder if it's confusing for a kid if they think at you know five years old when they're watching Ryan that they know Ryan because they're watching another yeah. kid and learning about this other kid and they probably refer to him as Ryan and it's like, that's Ryan. Or do they aspire to have his life and go right. on the trips that he takes? You, you wonder if... The impact that social media has on all of us as adults, our kids experiencing that too. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. that's one of the reasons that kids' content works, relatability. Mm -hmm. Are you going to let your kids watch YouTube Kids? Yeah. You think so? I mean, how do you not? I feel like every kid watches YouTube Kids. I don't know. I saw this tweet that said that 
the next generation is going to look back at us and how we use social media the way we look back at the last generation and how they used cigarettes, like how they were smoking cigarettes yeah. all the time on airplanes, indoors, just constantly needing a cigarette. Yeah. And then I thought about my own social media usage and how I it just such a natural thing that I do to just go to social. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. And the same way that cigarettes were regulated, social media will have to be regulated and it already is right. Like there, it's already under scrutiny a lot. So I don't know how regulated it will be, but even when I think about building such a relationship with a creator like Ryan yeah. as an eight year old, seeing another eight year old or a 10 year old, seeing another 10 year old and yeah. them getting like rich and having their own toy line. And yeah. like, isn't that kind of a strange relationship? We don't know the impacts of that. I mean, we know the impacts of social media on our own lives. Like when you see someone else who's your age doing something, like, of course you're going to have some reaction to that. Yeah. I think our generation will be very sensitive to how much time our kids spend on technology and what they're watching. But, you know, already our generation is having kids and they're watching YouTube kids and they're on social media. And I think for the most part, a lot of parents are unhappy, right? Like, where's the contingent of parents who are like, yes, social media is great for my children. I mean, I think that's why YouTube kids is a step maybe in the right direction, just because it, it's more of a kid specific environment. Well, I think all it's, it's also just a slow evolution, right? Like YouTube kids, YouTube didn't come out of the gate with a great solution for YouTube kids. And there were a lot of problems. They started YouTube kids in 2015. They had issues in 2019. There's more regulation now, and there will continue to be more and more regulation. Like, I think it's just a slow process of learning, you know, how this stuff impacts us and our kids. Number two is that kids watch content the same way that we listen to music. Like you can listen to your favorite song over and over and over every day, right? And the same way a kid can watch a video and just want to watch it again and again and again and could watch it the next day and the next day and the next day. Yeah, whenever I'm with my nieces and nephews, they'll put on a video and I'll go, you know, hey guys, we just watched this one actually like two minutes ago. Yeah, like we just finished this yeah. one. And they're like, Again. Again, Uncle Colin. You really want to test me? <laughs> What's interesting about repetitive formats is that it's not just kids' content or music. You think about workout videos on YouTube that are made to be watched again and again and again, or recipes, mm -hmm. right? You don't always remember the recipe. You have to go back to it. That's an interesting element of some of the most watched and viral videos on YouTube. And number three is that kids' content is just a legacy format. So what that means is that it's been around forever. When our parents were kids, there were shows on TV that were uh, directed at, at kids. And a lot of that is because parents flip on the TV and the kids are like quiet, relaxed, ready to watch. It's almost like there's an element of being raised by the television in, in some households. For all of time, parents have needed a break and yeah. kids have needed distractions. And it just so happens that now a lot of the parents are millennials. They've cut the cord. They don't have cable. And so YouTube is their main medium mm -hmm. of entertainment and the same will apply to kids. Right. And the kids don't even know that there's the other form. They're, they don't even know about Nickelodeon or some of these other things because all they have is, is YouTube. But the problem that a lot of kids' channels face and will face is that these children are getting older. They have to go to school. They're not going to want to open toys forever. Ryan was three years old when he started this, this path. Seven years later, he's 10. Like, does he really know that he has this career or job? And like, he probably just wants to go play with his friends and, and go to school. And so the solve for that is turning him into an animated character. Which is very clever. Very clever and, and fits right in again to the legacy format of what kids content is. They can bring in writers to write the shows and voice actors to voice the characters. He can build out a whole world. And now he is the next generation of Nickelodeon. 
right? But it mm-hmm. started with the relationship that he's built with these kids. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to talk about Ryan's world, you can't not talk about Like Nastia, mm-hmm. which is a Russian kids creator with 250 million subscribers across 15 channels, started in 2016 and now is making $28 million yeah. off of YouTube. I mean, 86 million subscribers is crazy on, on one channel. Her content's translated into eight languages. She's global. She has an NFT collection with Gary Vee. I don't know how that works. I don't that know if you can say that she has the NFT collection, but like her empire, her brand. Honest, that doesn't feel relevant to kids. No, it doesn't. No. One thing to note about kids' channels is that not only are you getting access to, you know, the kid, but you're also tapping into the parents. Because if a kid is watching like Nastia or Ryan's toys, they're turning to their parents and being like, Ryan opened this toy. I would like it now. And because these are families, like parents and kids, oftentimes, like if a kid wants to go see Ryan's toys live, I don't know if he does that, but let's just say he does that. Okay, so Ryan's toys live. That's not one ticket you're selling. You're selling four or five for a whole family to go see it. So you're multiplying your revenue times parents, times family, right? And so that's why kids' movies are so big, kids' shows are so big, all the kids' industry is so big because you're tapping into this multiplier of a family. One kid is into it, five family members are going to it. So these kids' channels are making unbelievable amounts of money, but the interesting thing is that the YouTube that they're uploading to is not the same YouTube you're watching right now. I didn't realize that at all. Completely different app, completely different website, youtubekids.com, whereas we're on youtube.com, you can't even find us in YouTube Kids. Because we don't click made for kids. Because we don't click made for kids. But you can find a lot of other creators. Out of the top 10 highest paid YouTubers of last year, seven of them can be found on YouTube Kids. And not all of their main channels, but their gaming channels, right? Like mm-hmm. there, you can find them. Mr. Beast Gaming is on there, but we couldn't find Mr. Beast. Dude Perfect is on there. Preston Plays is on there. The NHL is on there. Ugh. I don't want to think about them anymore. Moving on. It's a playful interface that looks totally different, but has some similarities. It's like a my first YouTube situation yeah. where you can watch NBA highlights. You can watch Mr. Beast Gaming. You can watch all of these videos that feel very colorful and made for kids. You cannot see view counts. You can't comment on a video. There's not really the same like recommended videos as there are on YouTube. And there are much stricter guidelines on how these videos can be monetized. So the way we got into YouTube kids, you get to this page where it's like, I'm a kid or I'm a parent. So we set up a parent account and then you can set guidelines for the different kids accounts, figure out which age group they should be in. And one of the main reasons it's so different is because there's different rules on how you can engage with kids online from an advertising perspective. And a lot of what YouTube looks like today and even why we have to check off made for kids or not is in response to 2019 when YouTube was fined $170 million for collecting data about kids on YouTube regular, right? So they had YouTube kids, but they didn't have that option to check the box. Technically, you have to be 13 years old to use YouTube. Yeah. But that's pretty hard to track because people are using their parents' accounts and whatnot. So creating the YouTube kids app creates an environment that's specific to kids, that parents can say, okay, this is my YouTube, that's my kid's YouTube. And the reasoning is that kids under 13, their brains aren't 
properly evolved enough to evaluate whether they want or need something. So you mm-hmm. should not be advertising at them in a certain type of way. But it's a little confusing to me because isn't Ryan's toys advertising? Yeah, like I guess it's gets, kind of a gray area. If he gets paid to unbox a toy, isn't that a situation where a kid is like, I want that I toy. I really want that toy. But the fact that it is a gray area is probably why a lot of the top creators are clicking off made for kids. Mm-hmm. Because as they look at it, why not? gain the viewership from this totally separate side of YouTube where creators are getting 2 billion views on a single video. There's advertising on YouTube kits. Like there are ads that play before the videos. So you got to imagine like 2 billion views for Ryan, that's going to do really well. And yeah. you're just increasing the potential audience size. I mean, how many people use YouTube kits? YouTube is used by 69% of US kids, 74% of kids in the UK and 88% of kids in Spain. So there's a lot of kids on YouTube. Yes. Bottom line. Globally, there's a lot of kids on YouTube. Yeah. So one thing that I think is a really big deal for creators is that if you are on YouTube Kids, if you do click off, yes, it's made for kids and somehow get accepted to the YouTube Kids app, someone as early as as five years old or even younger can start watching some of your content and get familiar with your face and get familiar with your style and who you are. And so let's take Mr. Beast, for example. So people are watching Mr. Beast Gaming at five years old. As they age up, they can age up with Jimmy's content and all of his other channels. So let's say after they're 13, now they're like, I really like that guy, Mr. Beast. Now I get to watch Mr. Beast's main channel where he gives away a million dollars. Now I get to watch Beast Reacts. Now I get to watch this whole other world of Mr. Beast. And that creates a lifelong fan. You can watch Mr. Beast from when you're five years old all the way to when you're 30. It's an important thing to think about as a creator. Is your content actually made for kids? Is that a pipeline that you can exist in as well? Because then you do have access to a Mm -hmm. much larger audience pool that could be with you for years and years and years. Because for us, we're not on YouTube kids. No, we're not. There's no, there's no five-year-old who's like, I'm a huge fan of Colin and Samir. You know what I want to learn about? Talk to me. Fractional ownership. That's what I'm saying. split up some AdSense revenue. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. That's the (laughs) five-year-old. That you were. The the entrepreneur five-year-old. YouTube kids for me, when I think about it, is one of the major reasons that I'm bullish on YouTube and that I think it will be popular in 10, in 20, in 30 years. It's a platform where kids can consume content, Mm -hmm. but they can aspire to be what they're watching and they can create on the same platform that they're used to consuming on. Whereas if you're a kid and you're watching TV, like we were, Mm -hmm. or you're watching shows on Netflix, you can't create on Netflix. You can't create on TV. Right. But you can 100% grow up Mm -hmm. and create on YouTube, which is a platform that you've been watching for, who knows, five to 10 years by the time you're ready to create. So it's actually this pipeline to create more creators. And when you look at the kids who are using YouTube kids right now, when they grow up, most likely that's the reason that they all want to become creators is because they grew up watching YouTube. When I watched Rocket Power, I just wanted to be in Rocket Power. Right. But I couldn't. But you couldn't. I tried but I couldn't. So the longevity of YouTube, if you had any question about it, you just have to look at YouTube kids and you recognize this is a serious wave that's coming where all these kids are growing up exclusively on YouTube. 